I don't like that man. I must get to know him better. This is said to be a quote from Abraham Lincoln. Although I must admit, I couldn't find the original source. If you know where this quote comes from, let me know. He is also quoted as saying, Do I not destroy my enemies when I make them my friends? Humans are a funny species, sometimes so tribal and adversarial. We can enact animosity and violence on a very large scale with horrifying effects. And we can be preoccupied with my side versus their side or friends versus enemies. But here is the wisdom of Lincoln's quote. With understanding, empathy and compassion, we need not have enemies. In today's video, I'll explore how compassion might help with the day-to-day -day battles we find ourselves in with people who give us trouble our so-called enemies. In fact, we can think of it in this way. It's not really those who we already like or love and love quite easily that help us to practice our compassion. Obviously, we want to be compassionate towards our friends and loved ones too. But to really deepen and embed a compassionate motivation, it's the people who are difficult to like or difficult to love that offer us a chance to practice. The Dalai Lama wrote about this in a blog posted to his website. I've put a link in the description where he said, I must emphasize again that merely thinking that compassion and reason and patience are good will not be enough to develop them. We must wait for difficulties to arise and then attempt to practice them. And who creates such opportunities? Not our friends, of course, but our enemies. They are the ones who give us the most trouble. So if we truly wish to learn, we should consider our enemies to be our best teacher. This seems profound to me. Whenever we face someone who is giving us trouble, we can take those experiences as a chance to practice compassion. Someone cuts us off in traffic. Someone outsmarts us at work. Someone steals from us. Someone betrays us in a relationship. Someone has opposing political views, religious views. All of these scenarios are an opportunity to practice compassion. Marcus Aurelius writes at the beginning of book two of his meditations. Say to yourself first thing in the morning, today I shall meet people who are meddling, ungrateful, aggressive, treacherous, malicious, unsocial. All of this has afflicted them through their ignorance of true good and evil. But I have seen the nature of good is what is right and the nature of evil what is wrong. And I have reflected that the nature of the offender himself is akin to my own. Not a kinship of blood or seed, but a sharing in the same mind, the same fragment of divinity. Therefore, I cannot be harmed by any of them, as none will infect me with their wrong. Nor can I be angry with my kinsman or hate him, 
We were born for cooperation, like feet, like hands, like eyelids, like the rows of the upper and lower teeth. So to work in opposition to one another is against nature, and anger or rejection is opposition. So what is he saying? Well, a few key points. First, he's saying that meeting such people and having such experiences, facing someone who gives us trouble, is a part of life. Second, often this is caused by ignorance or not knowing, the difference between right and wrong. Third, this affliction is common to us all. Human beings have trouble with how we behave towards each other. We share the same mind, nature's mind, a mind that was designed for us by evolution, not designed by us. And built into that mind are various competing motivations that can mean we sometimes cause harm. Now this is key because it means that we can start to connect with the idea that their behavior is not their fault. Not that we let them steal from us again or betray us or hurt us in some other way again. They still need to take responsibility for how they make their way in the world. But at a very fundamental level, it's not their fault. Fourth, and therefore, we need not be harmed by those who give us trouble. There is the trouble, of course. They have, for example, stolen from us. But we need not suffer more from that if we can understand that they have these tricky human brains. We can let go of anger, resentment and hate, and instead lean into our values, and not least cooperation. I love where Aurelius writes, We are born for cooperation, like feet, like hands, like eyelids, like the rows of the upper and lower teeth. 1800 years before Darwin, Aurelius seems to have a similar intuition about human nature and what it was about human beings that was useful, helpful, adaptive. We are at our best when we cooperate. For Darwin, this was perplexing. Why would individuals cooperate if that meant giving up resources to another individual? But this is what we do, and we cooperate on a far wider scale than any other animal. Apicella and Silk, in their 2019 article, The Evolution of Human Cooperation, in the journal Current Biology, described how cooperation evolved through cooperating with kin, then cooperating with those who reciprocate directly, then cooperating with those who reciprocate indirectly. For example, they're seen to be cooperating with others and gradually social and cultural norms are formed and the cooperation widens from there. So Marcus Aurelius was onto something. We have tricky brains. It's not our fault. So we can let go of anger and hate and with kind and clear boundaries, lean into the cooperative aspect to our nature, this part that is also there. And this is where we have a chance to practice our compassionate motivation. Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh wrote in his book, Living Buddha, Living Christ, first published in 1997. When you look deeply into your anger, you will see that the person you call your enemy is also suffering. As soon as you see that, the capacity for accepting and having compassion for them is there.
we all suffer. And those who give us trouble, those who hurt us, those who are our enemies, they too are suffering. Consider a person across the political divide from you. It can sometimes feel infuriating when you hear them speak about their position. But they are human beings with tricky brains. It's not their fault. They too are suffering. Now, that doesn't mean you therefore hand them the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. But it does mean you soften the anger and hate. You listen, reflect, understand and empathize, seeing their point of view and having a compassionate conversation. Perhaps nothing changes, but maybe, just maybe, something does change. So let's give this a try just before we finish. If you like, close your eyes for a few moments. See if you can bring to mind someone who has been causing you some trouble. For the sake of this exercise, perhaps think of someone who isn't a child, but someone with whom there's been difficulties, frustrations, disappointments, or other troubles. See if you can create an image of this person in your mind. Imagine them there, part of your life. Now say to yourself, just silently in your own mind, some of the following. This person is just like me. Just like me, they are a human being who shares the same mind, nature's mind. Just like me, they were a child once too. And just like me, this person has had ups and downs in their life. They have had goals and dreams. They've had challenges and disappointments. Just like me, they have strengths and qualities. They have fears and vulnerabilities. And just like me, they've had successes and they've made mistakes. May I soften my anger, open myself up to understanding them and their perspective and practice compassion with acceptance, forgiveness, assertiveness and boundaries. How was that little exercise for you? Let me know in the comments below. And let me know generally your thoughts about this idea that enemies are our best teachers of compassion. This kind of shift can make the world of difference.